Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. Today here with me on Tell Dell Tuesday is Peggy and Leo Morgan. Uh, these are what we would call super passives at Lifestyles, meaning they've done a heck of a lot of deals and have been around and have been mentoring people, uh, not officially, they're not official mentors. So they've been around a long time, they've been on the radio before, but we're always uh, happy to have them back because they have so much knowledge. Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you, Gail. We're honored to be on your call today. We appreciate it. Let, let's start out, guys, because because I know you so well and some of the listeners have heard you many times from different events. Uh, let's just start at the beginning for those that are listening for the first time or have are hearing from you for the first time. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and why you decided to look into real estate investing. Well, Dale, I come from a banking background, and I've been in sales and management. And then Leo's been in sales all of his career. And we used to be option traders on the stock market. And what we would do, we would buy the stock, and then we'd sell puts and calls. But when the recession hit and our stock values went down, then we really couldn't make, you know, sell the options anymore and make any money. And we thought, gosh, we'd both been retired since 06, and this was around 2014. And we thought, oh, gosh, we didn't want to have to go back to work, get back in corporate. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness, Leo had been listening to your radio show for a number of years. And he said, well, why don't we go over to Lifestyles Unlimited and check them out? And I said, yeah, why not? Let's go for it. And so we went through the two-day. And Leo had had some experience in real estate. Um, as you know, we certainly don't have to have that because you guys train us on what to do. But uh, Leo had had some experience in real estate, and he knew what was going on in the two-day. He knew that this was real, what David Fisher was talking about. So Leo was ready to go, and he was ready to sign up, and he said, let's go, let's sign up, and to be the preferred members so that we could invest in apartments as passives. And I just wasn't quite so sure. I just thought, gosh, there's lots of fraud out there. There's lots of organizations that they tell you things and they're not real. And I just wasn't quite ready to go. Well, Leo was disappointed and we went back home and it was during the Christmas holidays. And he, like we have offices in our home just directly opposite from each other. And he kept coming into my office every night, like, when are we going to sign? This is a great program. When are we going to sign up? And I still just wasn't sure. And finally, I thought, you know, they've talked about training members to win the National Apartment Independent Rental Owner of the Year Award that Lifestyles provides training for their members. And um, they, David had told us during the two-day that you guys had won this award since 2006. And, Dale, I know you were the first one to win that award, and congratulations on that. And I thought, well, you know, 
I'm not so sure about this. They're, they're, you know, telling us these names of winners. So I went on Lifestyle's website, and, of course, I saw the names, and I thought that just wasn't enough to convince me. And so what I did, I went on the National Apartment Association website, and I saw the names of the members. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is real. And so... That night, I was going into his office saying, okay, Leo, um, I'm going to be humble here and admit that you were right and I was wrong. And thank goodness we joined the club. In 2015, we became pigs. And I told you, I told you before it, all, before it was all over with it, you were already a member when we were in the two-day. And you said you just looked at me with, you know, googled your eyes, not understanding. I thought, believe me, we're going to be members of this club. But anyways, it all happened. Thank God. I wish I'd have thought of calling, looking up the National Apartment Association and checking it out instead of going through those eight nights of hell. But anyway, that's what turned but you know what, Leo? I just had to prove it to myself. Yeah, well, that's you got that exactly. Hey, if it isn't in your belief system, don't do it. So, hey, you did it. You know, way to go. Now I've turned into somebody that you know, we've created between lifestyles and, and just her eagerness to make money. She turned into, you know, we got a monster on our hand working with her. She can't, <laughs> can't stop doing this stuff, man. It's unbelievable. I'm like, I'm the secondary person now. She's always talking and, and ready to go. So, anyways, it's good to have her. Everybody asks me, why don't you talk about the bad stuff? Okay, so let's talk about some bad stuff. Uh, if a deal was bad, was it because the person was, you know, really a crook? Uh, was someone just dumb and made bad decisions, or was someone lazy, just didn't do what they were supposed to do? And it could have been fixed if somebody did the right things type of thing. They just didn't do it. I've seen all three of those, so I know my opinion here. Um First question I'm going to ask you, though, is, and you deal with this however you want to handle it. Um, of the deals you've done, the 54 deals you've done, give me a number. Doesn't have to be exact. I'm not looking for exact numbers or anything. But what is your gut feel of what percentage of those were acceptable to you as deals and what percentage were below what you would have expected out of the deal you got into? Well, I'd say most of them, Dale, have knocked it out of the park or they've been acceptable. And I'd say we've just really done one that that really wasn't very good at all. And that was where the lead wasn't doing what they should be doing. And they didn't raise enough money. And they um, they just weren't in touch. And they weren't going to the property as often as they should have. But I'd say we've made great money and really... Most of them have been quite good. Leo, what do you think? I, I tell you, I, I, I think there, there's been some just unbelievable deals that I've seen in lifestyles. And if I could go back and do it again, boy, I tell you what, it, we'd end up hitting the double jackpot. But hindsight's twenty twenty, man. I'm telling you, man, you just take what you got. But this, this one person just, you know what he got in? I think, uh, you know what I think actually is he's a little bit arrogant maybe to a certain extent thinking that he knew how to do things. You know, sometimes, in, uh, well, no, I shouldn't say, uh, you know, people who are in uh, the engineering industry, sometimes they, oh, it seems like they have an industry where they end up thinking they always know better. But this one particular person was a little bit um, uh just uh, I think he thought he knew better, and he started doing what 
he wasn't paying attention to the mentors either, and, and I, he just wouldn't do what he was supposed to. And then he got on the phone and would talk about how things were going good and all this stuff. And, and then, um, you know, as time went on, you, know, you end up getting somewhat caught in your lies. And, and so uh, uh, as time, you know, they won't let you around the deal. And then you end up talking to somebody, and they won't even show up if a mentor is going to meet them over there and, or uh, ops consultant. And so, you know, you're up the creek then. And so it's just, you know, and their pride gets in their way then. And, and uh, you know, one thing leads to the next. But, um, you know, I, I can say that that's really the the one that we stubbed our toe on. And uh, usually, you know, it's a deal of looking at the lead. We, we went back. I tell you what we did is we went back and we reviewed what we did and we did wrong. And we'd go through a list of things, making sure we don't make the same mistake. Uh, so anyway, that was about it. But I can tell you what, after 53 uh, out of those deals, we've had profits, and it's always been uh, very good. And and, and uh, even on the one that was bad, it was still, I mean, we were right at break even, and at least we got out of the deal in the nick of time. But uh, it was a deal that, you know, it's just amazing how many opportunities are out there and a lot of times, lifestyles usually looks at everything. And I know that people are looking at and they vet things a little bit to make sure we're not step, stepping in a pile of mud. So anyways, it's been real good, really. And, Dale, one thing we do, we always check with the ops consultants and the mentors. And then we try to find a passive that's invested with that lead before, you know, if it's going to be their second time. And that sure helped us a lot because sometimes we've gotten red flags on that Um but most of the time, it's been all good. I'm trying to fed out what you're saying. You're saying that you'd rather go to a second-time person than a first-time because you've got some history to look at? or what Well, what I'm saying, no, I mean, we've invested with first-time leads, and we've had some great luck with that. But I'm just saying that typically we check with other passives who have invested with them before, mm-hmm. which we can't really do that on a first-time lead. But um, on second- and third-time leads, we always check references with other passives. But then on first-time leads, we just we look for somebody that they seem like they're on fire and they're real excited about it. And they seem to be learning and they seem to be understanding, you know, the concepts. And then we look at their work experience. You know, maybe they've been a project manager where basically they've run a business before. So, yes, we definitely do invest with first-time leads also. We just can't check references with other passives on them. Let me say this also is Lifestyle's got a heck of a great roadmap to go down. And when I saw that in the two-day, I just thought, now these people have their act together. You know, you're buying at low. You know, as it's always said, you don't make money selling these things. You make money buying them. And and just I'd been it had been grained in my head from about 35 years ago when I worked in the brokerage just industry a little bit and and uh, and so it's always I knew to follow this thing but you know I tell you what really came up interesting was it was about the six months after being a member of Lifestyles I remember walking down the steps at Lifestyles and I saw this guy coming up with a briefcase later on the day he was I recognized his last name and I I said hey you know a guy named uh, you know, his name, his dad's name was George. And so he goes, yeah, he says, that's my dad and stuff. And, and I said, um, really? I said, well, uh, I said, your dad, I used to follow real estate back in 1980, 81, 82, 83. And, and, um, I said, you know, every, every week in the Dallas morning news, 
they would have a, a paragraph about all the commercial deals that have been done, and it was about every other day and that this his, this guy's dad would have another one or two apartments sold. And I was always trying to trying to make some deals. And anyways, this guy had had a way of doing it, and he was the king of sales. Well, I asked him, this man coming up the steps, his son, I said, well, what are you doing in this building coming up here? And he goes, well, I go up here to this Lifestyles, and I sell real estate, too, for a commercial, a, a national brokerage company. And, and uh, he says, these guys are great up here. They uh, train their people. They know what they're doing. He says, I take them all the deals that nobody else will buy a lot of times. And he says, they know how to end up you know, making it right. And he says, and as you know, you know, you go to the closing table and I make my commissions and stuff. Back Going back to the two-day, it said, I remember it stated, you know, we're in with the, the good old boy network group. And there's about four or five guys in the city of DFW that do about 80% of the B and C deals. And, and when I heard that and I saw that, I remember I just walked with a little bit of extra confidence thinking, you know what, that's not a lie because you really do need to have a good network of brokers. We're going to have to take a break. We'll be right back with Peggy and Leo Morgan in the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Teaching you with a roadmap to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Want to continue the conversation inside the community? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook. Stay up to date on upcoming events, market trends, member stories, featured podcasts, real estate wisdom, and more. You can even join us a couple of times a month as we go live with our case study events right on Facebook from the comfort of your home. Get online and get in the know. Turn listening on the radio into participating in the community. Like and follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Peggy and Leo Morgan out of Dallas, Texas. And uh, they've been around for a long time, since 2014. They've done 54 deals. They're currently in 40 deals. Uh, so we have deal flow conversation next, guys. Um, these things come and they go. How do you guys um, look at that as being a family office, as Curtis always talks about, um, by the way, Curtis just came out with a new book, everybody. So if you're going to want to get that, it's about the family office. But uh, as thinking about it, rotating your money, guys, who who is in charge of money rotation within your family? Or do you do that together? How's that work? Well, Dale, we really do it together. And um, we just look for deals. And the deal has to make sense. The numbers have to seem to make sense. And we put equal weight on picking out the lead and picking out the deal. Um, and then we do like you do. If we've got excess cash, then we put it in those online banks. And actually, there's a bank that's paying like 5.3% right now. Oh. And so, yeah. It's <laughs> what's, what's the maximum they'll allow in the account? I always ask that because it's crazy that some of these savings accounts, because they're paying such high interest, they won't let you put more than a certain amount in. Have you ever run into that yet? You know, we haven't. I, we haven't heard of well, any maximum limits. No, at all. No, not maximum, if, but they do have. 
two people for insured, you know, it's 500,000. Yeah. Right. Exactly. People don't know that. That's an important thing to know is how many people you put on that list. If you had kids, you could put your kid's name on there, too. And, yep. uh, right. and now you'd be at a million if you had two kids. So like you, you talk with Madeline and Frank. I convinced them to put, they got like five kids. I said, man, you could, you could have a million bucks a count, every count you have, right? Insured. Yeah, that's true. And that's a good reminder of that because that's the highest paying one that we found. We might do that. Because I think you can just put somebody down as a beneficiary. That's it, yeah. You know, their name's not right. Their name isn't even on the account other than the beneficiary status. Yeah, I don't know how to go how to do it exactly, but it, it – it's not that big a deal. And, you know, if you're going to die, your stuff's going to go to somebody else anyway, right? Exactly. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, so we make sure that all of our money is making money, you know, one way or the other. But we do love lifestyles and we love getting into deals. And um, But we're pretty analytical. You know, we do try to check everything out, make sure that the numbers work before we jump into deals. So... Um, you're putting, you, you answered one of my questions, was you put equal weight on between the lead and the deal itself. Um, what are your parameters on a deal? What would be a, a deal that you'd walk away from? You know, what are the, the say, nah, that just doesn't work? Well, I'd say something that doesn't follow your model is what I'd say. You know, like a, oh, like a Class D or... We, we are in one Class A, but we got in at a really low price, you know, per door. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I don't know, uh, we look at the LTV, like, you know, if the LTV, how much the lender is going to give you percentage-wise of the deal, if that's really low, then we might not do that. Um, Leah, what else? I'll tell you, well, two things in particular is looking at, you know, making your comparables, uh, making sure that we have uh, uh, or we can have a, a, a significant increase in income. And also, we're always looking to see where the where the folk or whether uh, whoever owns it or whatever, if their expenses are in line. And, uh, and you know, we've really capitalized on both those things. Um, you know, those are two telltale uh, signs, along with going back, and usually if it's if it's an unsuccessful operation, you also get a lot of times bad reviews. You know, you might get um, out of twenty reviews, and there might be two good ones, and you can kind of tell if you if you're discerning about it and seeing, you know, and it's uh, all you know, and just uh, those are those those are just those are just the two just off the quick off the top. But I mean, looking and make sure what's the crime rate, what's the how, what's the lead? Is he are they capable of doing something in this particular part of town or uh, with a project that's like this? And and uh, because gosh, everything is always just so different. Everything is unique. So, um, anyways, that's that's sort of some of the things that just off the top of my tongue I can think of. Well, and I've got another one. If the cap rate's lower than the interest rate, and we we really aren't interested in doing that, and we've learned that from you, Dale, and we thank you for that. You would think that would be common sense, right? But exactly. The most I found the most uncommon thing in life is common sense. That's you know, what my dad one, always said. 
<laughs> we also make I know it sounds kind of silly, but but, you know, we always make sure we like to make sure there's enough parking because one I know we've gotten to where it. I felt like maybe we were slightly restricted on the, the percentage of occupancy uh, uh, on this apartment, even though it was it was you know right around 92 percent. But I thought, why can't we ever get the thing over? And anyways, we went back counting. And usually, you know, we allow for one parking spot for a bit per bedroom and two parking spots per two bedrooms and two and a half parking spots for three bedrooms. And, and you know, it depends upon also if it's got uh, on-street parking, if there's buses coming by or if it's downtown or, you know, something like that. So I know it's it's kind of elementary, but it, it's just um, – I don't know it's just a simple thing that you know we aren't gonna you know we'd like to make sure there's plenty of space for everybody you know so anyways we comp rents to the best that we can and just make sure it looks like that the lead can raise the rents so you guys are going through a, a full due diligence and I have to say that ninety percent of the passives do not do that uh, I'm just well, we've got that a out sheet there. full list of stuff yeah yeah. Yeah, that's you know you can see why your your percentage of successes are so high. Um, that's yeah, that's that's the name of the game. I mean, you know, if you go along and you don't make any stub your toe, you know, along the way, the less stubbing stubbing your toe, the overall return and and the overall situation turns out better for you. And and so, it, boy, it really. Uh, I told Peggy, I said, when we joined the organization, I guess I related it towards stocks or something. I said, listen, now, the first 10 we do, one of them is going to go south. I'm just, I said, so get ready to hold on to your pants or whatever. Not that I'd ever even done one. We've done one. But, you know, it's just amazing. We've gone through 54, and we haven't had anything go south totally. But, I mean, we've had one where a guy stubbed his toes because he, was, you know, wouldn't listen to anybody. But you know what? Uh we we're improving on our mistakes and anyways and I just thought, man, that's it's hard for people to believe that, but it's great, you know, it's just uh I'm really impressed with it and I'm double excited now because the future even looks better and and uh, anyways these things go through cycles and so anyways I'm looking forward to the future. You know, so you, you brought up a point, Leo, about boy, if I could have gone back to the ones that were good and put all my money in those I'd be great. But there's a certain sense of logic that's tied to the old witticism of diversification and the not having all your eggs in one basket kind of argument. Whereas I've always taken that argument and thrown it upside down when it came to owning my own stuff. In other words, if I own my own business, I'm going to put everything I got into that because if it goes south, it's because of me. If I can stop it, I'm going to stop it. If I'm, I'm trusting myself to make you know decent decisions. But what happens when I'm with somebody else, whenever I invest passively, which I've done, I've been a lead, I've been an IRO, and I've been a passive. When I invest passive, I always invest in small increments thinking, yeah, this one might be a, a home run, but what if it's not? And I've always had this belief that I want to p- invest passively only an amount that if I lost it, I wouldn't want to come kill the guy afterward. And then all of a sudden the market does something that just slaps you in the face. <laughs> then you go, wait, you know, this is a black swan event. The whole rules, the whole game changed. The rules changed. My old plan doesn't work anymore. And, you know, we saw that in real estate during COVID where just the rules changed. Now you come out of COVID and they've increased the interest rates to where, like you said, Peggy, the interest rates are higher than the cap rates. 
And that stuff just, it can't exist. Something has to change. The marketplace out there for commercial real estate is different than the stock market because the stock market can relieve that tension instantly. It just goes poof and the market goes down and pricing comes back to where people are comfortable with it and going down the road, the world keeps going. But in real estate, what happens is, is that it's more forgiving. It's like getting run over by a train. You see that stuff coming. You know it's down there. You hear the train coming, right? But you just say, well, I'll just get off the tracks. I'll just step away for a second and let it go by. And that's the beauty of real estate. If you don't get in and get out while the market's changing, you're really never affected by the market unless you have somebody who's not a good operator. What I'm seeing right now is some of the leads that normally got by during the good times when everything was perfect. Now that the times are going to be tough again because the market's changing, and I say tough to the people that are in the market and bought at too high a price, the market going back down is good for the rest of us. We're all going to make a killing off that buying low again. But those people that bought higher, they've got to operate through that problem now. And I'm seeing the people that are falling off the edge. In fact, Lynn gave me a notice of this yesterday. We were talking about um, what what really makes deals go bad. And 99% of the time, the deals that go bad are bad because the operators are bad. What do you think of that? Yeah, absolutely. And we've shot, we've seen some leads really do great during this time. Like one guy was one of the first to get into a variable rate and a bridge loan. And he really started hustling to get that net operating income up. And we ended up, he did sell, and we owned it for two years, and we made a 60% equity gain. And I'm talking about this year is when we sold. So kudos to him. And he's he's a great operator. And then we saw another lead where um, I think they were in a variable rate, and they ended up refining out, meaning that, we got 17% um, of our money during this trying time with the, you know, uh, uh, bridge loans and the variable interest rates. So we did actually get 17%, and then they put the cash into the deal, you know, to keep us going. So it's like you said, Dale, I mean, those were great leads that um, were able to make it work. And then we were in a deal where a lead um, – they went ahead and refied, and that was refi in where the money just stayed in the deal. But at least we got out of those loans that were, you know, stressing the the investment. Um, and then we're we're with some leads that are regularly talking to the um, lender broker, just seeing when's the time maybe to buy a, a rate cap. Um, but then you see some of the operators that maybe aren't doing quite as well, like you said. So it's definitely a mixed bag. So we just we're thankful for the ones that are working out great. It's narrowed down, you know, from from, uh, you know, we ended up having about seven of them at first. We were sitting there and we thought, oh, you know, and anyways, and now it's narrowed down to just really I can see where there's just one. And I think we're going to be fine with it. But but that's, you know, it, it's a, something to watch. And it, well, lifestyle says, you know, kick it in the pants. And you, know, you the people that are paying attention and the ment- having mentors and the operations consultants around, it's just a, it makes a whole world of difference and, uh, for the folks uh, that are operating these things. You know, they get going and get going now. You know, so they did it. 
Absolutely. Well, and Dale, it's good that we all aren't out on our own islands, you know, that the leads meet with each other. They meet with their mentors. The mentors are there to help the leads get through the, the troubled waters. Um, we love listening to you on the radio. You always educate us. So thank God. I think that's made a huge difference during this whole um, debacle that's going on right now, this Black Swan that, event. The maintenance mentality really proves positive, and that's what Lifestyles has. And that's what everybody helping everybody. Well, we appreciate you guys. And um, also the ambassador work you do in talking to other people and helping other people. I know when you come to something new like this, that's always something that really helps. For the rest of you out there, remember this. Peggy, Leo, myself, the world, we're not here for just the money. We're here for the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.